Have you ever said something like all pandemonium broke loose or heard someone say the term pandemonium? Did you know that the term pandemonium means all the demons? That's right. On the screen on this side right here, you can see the etymology of the word pandemonium. Pan means all and demonium means all the evil spirits, all of the demons. It comes from John Milton, who, by the way, was an Arian. He was not a Catholic. He was a heretic when it comes to the divinity of Jesus Christ. But he wrote some interesting fiction, Paradise Lost. I've read it. It's Is it worth reading? I don't know. But in the middle of hell, he has the capital city of hell, the headquarters, the HQ of hell, where Satan holds counsel. And that city center is called pandemonium all the demons pandemonium so when you're saying pandemonium broke out you're saying all the demons maybe not the best thing to say and the reason i bring this up is because today's the feast of all the saints all the saints not all the demons all the saints and there's a war between the saints and the demons and today is all saints in America, we're not obliged to attend Mass today because it's a Monday next to a Sunday, but we do need to observe the feast. That means you keep it as a holy day. You feast. Uh, you you know, refrain from work if possible. Keep it holy. Now today, I'm going to go through briefly the connection with All Saints Day to the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. It's very interesting coincidence, and I put scare quotes on coincidence because I don't think it's a coincidence. I think God planned it that way, and um, I think on a feast day like today, All Saints, it's worth exploring that connection because we live in a time of, I think we can say, pandemonium. Lots of demons. All the demons are out. And we see this in the crumbling of society, in the political realm, and in the church realm, in the ecclesiastical realm. Before we jump into this, we are going to address our Heavenly Father. We'll pray the Our Father in Latin, and then we'll look at this connection of the war. All demons versus all saints, and Our Lady as the Queen, and how it relates to Fatima, and perhaps what our Lord has planned to do through Our Lady. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, et veniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, secut in cello et in terra. Panum nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Arlea Fatima. Pray for us. Nomine Patris et Fidii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, pardon the mess behind me. I'm, there's a box back there and a whiteboard. I'm putting up a big whiteboard right here where I'm going to draft more podcasts and more shows. So a special thanks to all the patrons. Uh, the patrons donate to the show. They're the patrons of the show. And so when I need things like a new whiteboard to do some show planning, brainstorming, 
you guys just did that. So thanks so much. If you want to get signed books and support this channel and support my work as a as a writer and a, a teacher and a podcaster and a YouTuber, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff. Okay, so the connection between Our Lady of Fatima, all the saints, and then there's always been the battle between all the demons and all the saints, but I think it's going to get more important and more interesting as time goes on. Remember, the demons hate humans. All the demons, all of them, used to be angels. Demons are fallen angels. God tested them. Uh, Maria Agreda and some of the Franciscan mystics say that what happened is, is God brought all the angels and he showed them a vision of a woman, a mother, giving birth to the second person of the Trinity. Will you serve me even in this low estate? Will you serve me as one born of a woman with flesh and blood? Satan said, I will not serve, non servium, and led a third of the angels to rebel against the idea that God would become incarnate. This whole idea you can read about in the Apocalypse, chapter 12, book of Revelation. I do a whole commentary on that chapter in depth here on my YouTube channel or on my podcast. You can listen to it by searching Book of Revelation, Taylor Marshall. You can listen to it on Spotify, Audible, um, iTunes, everywhere that I'm syndicated. It's all there. Just search my name, Book of Revelation, chapter 12. And so the demons have always hated humans because through the incarnation of Christ, the second person of the Blessed Trinity becomes man, and he unites his divine nature with humanity in what we call the hypostatic union. So he's fully God and fully man. The angels don't have this privilege. And the demons, therefore, hate humanity. They hate persons. This is why the demons promote abortion. It's an attack. It's a murder. It's a destruction of that human life in the womb. They hate the fact that the Son of God entered into time and space through the womb of a virgin, through a woman. Once you start to understand sacred scripture and all these connections, your worldview, your Catholic worldview, things start to make a lot more sense. And so there's been a war since Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and all the way on through up, Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, into the time of Christ, and then all during church history, there's been a war between the demons and those that resist the demons, not by their own strength and power and, and intellectual uh, gifts. They do it by the grace of Christ and by suffering, by uniting themselves to the cross of Jesus Christ. That's how the demons are overcome. And Our Lady, the mother of Jesus, suffered greatly. She saw her innocent son, the Lamb of God, uh, punched in the face, spat upon, scourged, tortured, carrying a cross, nailed to the cross, shamefully ridiculed while he was dying for our sins. That's why we call her Our Lady of Sorrows. So there is this epic struggle between the demons who don't have bodies, who are not human, and fighting against the humans who seek to serve God. That's why St. Paul says our enemies are not flesh and blood. 
You know, you may think your enemy is President so-and-so or Prime Minister so-and-so. But in reality, our enemies are the preternatural spirits, the demons who are inspiring humans to do demonic things. And that's why Our Lady gave us things like the rosary, because the rosary, um, it dissolves, it breaks apart the demonic plans. We can't see it. We just have to trust and we pray. That's why Our Lady calls it, uh, the rosary is the battering ram, the battering ram of the New Testament. That's what she calls it. You can learn more about that whole story and the origin of it in my book, Rosary in 50 Pages. And you can get a signed copy of it if you're a Patreon. So if you want to do that, do that. Okay. Early on in the church, the Feast of All Saints began to be commemorated. This goes pretty far back. You know, we're, we're talking about in the 400s, probably, after the Constantinian era. And naturally, when did Christians begin to celebrate all the martyrs and saints and the holy people, both of the Old Testament and the New Testament? They did it on the Sunday after Pentecost. Why would they do that? Well, Pentecost is when the Holy Ghost descends upon the church and tongues of fire appear on the heads of the apostles and they begin to preach the gospel and the church begins to grow. The church is the kingdom of God. And so on the Sunday after Pentecost, the early Catholics would celebrate the Feast of All Saints. In fact, as it came into the West, it was called In Natale Sanctorum, uh, the Sunday in the Nativity of the Saints, um, remembering the death of all the saints who have gone before us. The Holy Ghost came at Pentecost, and the power of the Holy Ghost has been turning sinners ever since Pentecost into saints. So it makes sense that the Feast of All Saints would be the Sunday after Pentecost. It's still done that way in the East. Now in the West, in the Roman Church, we're celebrating it on November 1st. The Feast of All Saints is November 1st. What happened between the late 300s, early 400s, and today? Well, let's go back in time to the 600s. In the year 609 or 610, this is after St. Gregory the Great, the Roman Mass has been canonized, the Roman canon has been established, and Pope Boniface IV says, you know, the Pantheon, the Pantheon is a bad place. The Pantheon is a temple in Rome, I'll put it on the screen, it's still around, let's see if I still have that picture. Nope, I'm going to have to drag and drop. Boom. That's the Pantheon. It's a beautiful building. Pantheon was dedicated to Pantheon. Just like we had Pandemonium, which is all the demons, Pantheon was all the false gods of Rome. They said, look, we don't want to miss some of the gods, so we're going to have a temple, and it's going to be dedicated to every single god. Pope Boniface said, you know what? We're Catholic. We don't want demons. What we're going to do is, is we're going to transform this evil demonic sanctuary temple and we're going to consecrate it to the blessed virgin mary and all the saints all the martyrs there was even a feast for this called dedicatio sancta maria ad martires the dedication to 
Our Lady for the Martyrs, unto the Martyrs, is what the Latin means. Now, when did he do this? He did this May 13th. So he did it, I haven't looked up when Pentecost fell in 609 or 610 AD, but we know May is sort of that Pentecost season. So in that season of Pentecost, Pope Boniface IV said, you know what, we're going to take the temple of all the false gods, and we're going to take this Eastern uh, feast day of all the saints, and we're going to transpose it. So we're going to cast out the demons, and they did do exorcisms. And then what Pope Boniface did is he brought in cartloads, like carts full of relics from the catacombs. So he brought in the bodies of all these saints into the pantheon. And there they deposited it. When did he do this? He did it, the Pope, Boniface IV, on May 13th, either 609 or 610. May 13th. What's important about the day, May 13th? Nothing much until the year 1917. And in 1917, three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal, began to speak with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Our Lady of Fatima, as we call this mystery, as we call this apparition. On the same day that 1,300 years before, Pope Boniface had transformed the most demonic shrine in Rome, the Pantheon, into a temple, a basilica, a church for the Mother of God and all the saints. And thus, the institution of the Feast of All Saints on May 13th. So it's interesting that Our Lady, in these latter times, in the, in the early 1900s, which is not that long ago, she left her throne in heaven at the right hand of Jesus. She came to earth with an important message and a threefold secret that culminated in the Pope, they presumed he was the Pope, wearing white, being persecuted with bullets and arrows, and then himself dying as he ascended a hill to a cork, cork cross. She also asked for the consecration of Russia. She also asked us to pray the rosary every day, to keep the first five Saturdays, to make reparation, to pray for sinners, to prevent a future world war. All these things she foretold in 1917, beginning on the 13th day of every month, beginning May 13th. And so we, as Catholics, with ears to hear, should, should ask, why did Our Lady choose that day? And I think the reason is obvious, that that's the original day of all saints. And it's also the day in which the shrine of Roman false religion, the Pantheon, was converted with the relics of saints into the church of Our Lady, St. Mary, and all the martyrs, and all the saints. Now, so far you may be asking, that's great. I'm kind of confused now. Why is All Saints on November 1st? Maybe we should have kept it on May 13th, and I kind of think maybe we should. You want to be tratty, tratty, traditional, maybe you got to say All Saints May 13th, because that's what the early church fathers were doing. They were doing that May festival. Now, it begins to shift 
as the Roman Church evangelizes to the north. Uh, we start evangelizing the Goths, the Germanic tribes, all the way up uh, into Ireland and the Celts. In these regions, these pagan regions, they associate, surprise, surprise, autumn with death. This is pretty much every culture in the world. Why? Because that's when things die. Spring is birth, new life. Fall is death. Every culture on earth, whether you're in Asia or whatever, that's just a very obvious pattern that God imprinted into creation. And since there was this fascination with death, the church transferred the Feast of All Saints from May 13th, as it had been in the 600s and 700s, and in the 800s began to celebrate it on November 1st in association with death. Also at this time, as we get up closer to 1000 AD, we have the deeper understanding of praying for the dead, masses for the dead, and we have attached to the Feast of All Saints on November 1st, the Feast of All Souls on November 2nd, commemorating the dead. So there was this drift or a change from May 13th to November 1st as we celebrate it today. Um, Pope Gregory, little historical fact here, Pope Gregory VII, he was Pope from 1073 to 1085, he finally suppressed May 13th as the Feast of All Saints. So it took, there's a little bit of graduation, but officially it took about 400 years for it to finally be no longer May 13th and then started being November 1st. All right, that's the history. Now, just the application of all this. You know, we live in a time that is confusing and it's discouraging, and we ask, why are these things happening in the, in the church? Uh, why is there so much disgusting sexual scandal in the church, financial scandal in the church? Um, why is there doctrinal confusion? Why is there moral confusion? Why are there all these mandatory things being pushed upon us by the state and even in places by the Catholic Church and her bishops and her clergy? All these things are going on. I think we need to pause and listen to St. Paul. Our true enemies are not flesh and blood, are not human. Our true enemies are the demonic. It is the pandemonium, all the demons. We have the great benefit of being Catholic. That means that we believe that all the saints who are in heaven can hear us right now. It's not because they become their own gods. It's really because, I'm going to use an analogy here, and some people might find fault, but it's just an analogy, so take a deep breath. Look, I can use this phone, and I can talk to people in China and Australia right now. In fact, I'm talking to you live right now through YouTube. There are 1,200 of you right now, and you're all hearing my voice live. This seems crazy. Imagine going back into the 300s and saying, hey, there's this guy, Taylor Marshall, at three o'clock today, he's gonna talk to 1,200 people all over the earth at the exact same time. They would be like, this is witchcraft. This is magic, this is impossible. So 
if you're not a Catholic or you have a problem with the saints, let me just throw this out there. Could not the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity, who dwells inside every saint perfectly without sin in heaven right now, all right, all the saints, we got Peter, we got Paul, Mary Magdalene, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rachel, Esther, Moses, they're all up there right now. They all have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They're all looking at God. You're trying to tell me that YouTube can figure out a way for me to talk to 1,200 people all at one time right now and that the Holy Ghost can't figure out a communication system between me right now and St. Peter and St. Paul and the Virgin Mary? That's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. I mean, the people in heaven right now are plugged in to God Almighty. They are receiving the beatific vision. It's like a movie screen with no borders on it. They are looking into the essence of God. It's, it's hard to even understand. So we believe that the saints in heaven are not omniscient. They don't know everything. Only God knows everything. Only the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost know everything. Everything. Everything about the galaxy, everything about science, everything about genetics, everything about language, everything. They know it all. Every thought that's ever been thought, they know it all. The saints are not omniscient. They don't have all knowledge. But because they are plugged into God and they have the beatific vision, they are plugged into, and this is my annoy people, you know, we talk about 4G or 3G, 4G, 5G. They are plugged into a 4G network of communication. And it has always been the case from the very first days of Christianity, Christians were asking the saints in heaven to pray for them, to help them, to assist them. Because as Paul says, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Paul is saying in Hebrews, and yes, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, we are surrounded by the people in heaven. That means they're not just out there really far away in another galaxy. We are surrounded by the saints in heaven. That means they're watching. That means they're listening. That means they're concerned. You may say, well, Taylor, why does... Why does Jesus need all that? I mean, Jesus is the Son of God. He's got all power. I know, but for some reason, in the humility of God and in the wisdom of God, he chooses to use humans to evangelize and assist other humans. He always does it. He could send an angel to every person and preach the gospel by means of a perfect angel, but instead he chooses humans to help humans. That's just how God does things. He likes the community. He likes the church, the ecclesia. Now I say all this because our enemy is not flesh and blood, it's the demons. And our strength and our confidence and our encouragement comes against the pandemonium, against, against the pandemonium with all the saints. They got our back. And I think one of the reasons why Our Lady appeared on May 13th is she was symbolizing, hey, back in the old days, the saints were martyrs back when they used to celebrate not november 1st but when they celebrated may 13th um, yeah may 13th that those saints were people who were killed roasted shot with arrows dragged through the streets burned alive fed to animals and those roman martyrs of the early days 
they poured out their blood and their sufferings in imitation and in union with Christ, that they transformed this pagan, disgusting city, Rome, into the eternal city, the capital of Christianity, culminating in Pope Boniface IV turning the Pantheon into a church of Our Lady and all the saints. It's the complete transformation of pagan evil into Catholic Christian good. I wrote a book on this topic. Maybe I don't have it around me. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, it's called The Eternal City. And it's a, a book that traces how it is, going back in the Old Testament, God prophesied that he would transform the fourth kingdom, the most pagan kingdom, Rome, into the kingdom of his saints. It's all in the book of Daniel. Uh, you can read Daniel, or if you want help, you can get my book, The Eternal City. I'll also send you a signed copy via Patreon if you wanted to sign up over at Patreon. So this, I think, is the message of Our Lady. There are many secrets, many mysteries in Our Lady of Fatima. And I think the May 13th date, which is the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima, it's also the day that John Paul II was shot and survived. I think that day, May 13th, goes all the way back to this idea of the saints who were martyrs, who were suffering, and this transformation of a pagan culture into a Christian culture. And that's what we need today. And that's the message of Fatima. We need to transform this neo-pagan culture into a Christian culture. And how do we do that? We do that by, I believe, the gospel and living the message of Our Lady of Fatima, which is doing penance, as we see in the third secret. Penance, penance, penance. Praying every single day the rosary. This is the message. This is the message, and it's a message to create all saints. That is you, me, all of us, all saints. That's, that's the mystery, I believe, of May 13th, the mystery of Fatima, and the mystery of all saints versus all the demons. All right, we all have a, even though we're on November 1st now, have a happy feast of all saints. If you like this video, please do me a favor and like it. Give it a thumbs up. I appreciate that. And please share it. You're my algorithm. You may not know this, but YouTube, Google doesn't care about Our Lady of Fatima or Pope Boniface IV. So it's not going to promote this video. So if you want people to see this video, you have to be the one that shares it. So go on to the share button or get the link and share it on Facebook. And then, of course, if you enjoy this teaching, the stuff that we're covering, um, the church history, the Catholic theology, there's a traditional understanding of the church, traditional understanding of piety, please subscribe and click the bell. And when you click the bell, you'll be notified every time I go live like I am right now. All right, speaking of Our Lady of Fatima, let us pray a Hail Mary before we sign off. Please pray with me. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, nunc eretor mortis nostre. Amen. Sancta Maria, ora pronobis. Sancta Joseph, ora pronobis. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. 
All right, friends, thanks for watching. Again, if you want to learn more about this conversion of, I wish I had the book. I could show you the book. I don't have one. The conversion of paganism in Rome to Catholicism and how it's part of the plan for God's kingdom and maybe things I'm still trying to figure out, part of an eschatological end times plan, get my book, The Eternal City. And again, I send out signed copies via Patreon if you want to do it that way. Or you can get it at Amazon. You can do it that way. Do what works for you. All right. Pray the rosary every single day. That's part of the message. It's the Bible on beads. Rattle the beads. Pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty and be a saint.